Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, the J10 Initiative. Here we go. Folks, we have our uh, special treat for you today. It is the uh, last week of October. Uh, Well, I guess second to last full week. But by the time this podcast comes out, it's mid-November. And whether you realized it or not, uh, there was a special guest that rolled into Denver and then, uh, uh, you know, sent himself on his way just as soon as he came in. So we welcome back to the podcast, The Flolo. What? Thank you. It's good to be back, just like old times. You knew it was coming, folks, because we announced it uh, last week. What? Well, I mean, we we haven't that podcast hasn't come out yet. Oh, so we announced that, like, oh, Olo texted me and oh, said that he wants to say, but it's not okay. coming out for three weeks. So oh, I see. Ah, uh, okay. Nobody knows. I see. And by the time uh, you leave, nobody cares because you're already gone. <laughs> I did that when I was a deacon up in Alaska, and the people were absolutely wonderful. I mean, they they made me a scrapbook when I left. The people were like, keep in touch, and I am, I am. Is very known that I am horrible about letter writing, and I never. I wanted to like, oh, I'll write a letter and have it read at the altar, and then I just, I just got on with my life, and I was just horrible. And then I ran into one of the parishioners at a camp like the next year, and I was like, oh man, I was like, I, I, I owe you guys a letter. He's like, dude, you've been forgotten. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot. Yeah. Okay. Granted, my bad. Should have should have kept in touch better. They do that in seminary too. Like you're like you're you're like the king of the hill, yeah. And then as soon as you leave, like it's like life moves on. Yep. The the strata, you know, just kind of reforms. All of a sudden, new pandas come into the <laughs> into the uh, captivity, and you know they're they're making themselves known. Yeah. And it's like, no, I was once king panda, and they're like, forget you. Yeah. So you haven't had the experience of being transferred yet. When that not as pastor as pastor, yeah, yeah, that, but that's I mean, a that's a big one. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like Cabrini, Cabrini could care less. Honestly, <laughs> like I thought when I left Cabrini, like I was the biggest, I was the biggest deal. Them losing me was like way bigger than them losing Father Brady Wagner or Father <laughs> Scott Bailey. Like, I mean, just the just the the emotion, the tears, you know. And then I go back down, and people are like, oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. Weren't were you were you around like Rick Nackvasil? Like, were you na- around Father Rick Nackvasil? Where do I recognize you from? I'm like, you, no, you it was familiar. That was like five years ago. I was here like last month, and they're like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's humbling. Yeah, the, I went to a I went to a lady's house last night, and uh, last night and night before. Um, so the shout out to the Brems. Um, they, uh, they were hosting us for uh, called the greatness and they had their daughter, uh, there. And, uh, the mom was like, oh yeah, do you remember him? He, he, we invited us over to his house last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was your past, I was your parochial <laughs> vicar for two years. And she was like, oh yeah, that's right. She's really young. I'm like, come on. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Yeah, I was. Uh, that's one of my theories, and I'm not going to go into it now. But one of my theories about why why uh, priests and this this has implications that are deeper, and I'm not even going to bring it up here. But why, why priests? The trouble when priests go from 
being kind of seminarians that really have no control over their life and their life is structured and they're, they're always having to be obedient to somebody. And then they get ordained priests and they become kings. Maybe. And especially in our in in my world, I went from seminary in one day to a pastor the next. Right, and I you, you that's not proper to do to a man when you go from being completely obedient and everything in your life is controlled and structured by somebody else to now being the pastor, a shepherd, and 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 in one sense, I'm using that word facetiously, but but king. I mean, you have people listening to you for everything and people obedient to you, and you can give out dispensations and. All these things, like it's just man, it's it's such a, a, a quick transfer. So, so God bless the parochial vicar situation where you know you you at least get a mentor and you get somebody that you are obedient to. Have you have you shouted out your new, your new parochial vicar yet? You don't need to. Okay, he doesn't deserve. <laughs> he hasn't earned love yet. <laughs> This is the proper transition from seminarian to slave, right. slave in the parish. To, to Father Considine's doing a very nice job. I, I complimented him and Father Michael O'Loughlin tonight. I, I made dinner, and both of them were very impressed. And I was like, both of you are very easy to please when it comes to like food. But it was impressive, objectively impressive. It was. It was good. It was good. I mean, I, there are things that I would do differently next time. But overall, I think it was a great meal. Yeah, I agree. Um, but uh, yes, Father Chris Constantine is my new parochial vicar. He is only what five months ordained, um, so you know I'm still like it's like that scene from you know Lion King where you're like wiping off you know like the slime from him and you know just like smearing him with you know gourd juice, holding him up. And everybody is still just in awe of him. So I, I want to talk about just being king for a while and, mm. you know, people people just, you know, having a comment about, you know, like what they've experienced from from you, blah, yeah. blah, blah, like, you know, there. So my deacon went to uh, a Mexican restaurant. Him and his wife go to a Mexican restaurant every Tuesday for their date night. Taco and, Tuesday. Exactly. So it's more like Margarito Tuesday, oh, okay. but, you know, like... <laughs> Um, intoxicated so, Tuesday, and yeah, in intox in tacos, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so he's at the he's at the place, and the lady sees him in his collar, and and she says, uh, "Is Nathan still at uh, St. Joan of Arc?" Mm-hmm. And he has a son, Nathan. Oh, and uh, and he's like, "Well, what?" And she's like, "She's like, is Nathan still at St. Joan of Arc?" And he's like, "Well, um." Like my son, or you know, and he's kind of, kind of going back and forth, and then eventually he realizes she's talking about me. Oh, and he says, he says, you mean Father Nathan? And she says, no, yeah, Nathan. And he's like, yeah, he's still there. And she goes, I'll never set foot in that church as long as he's there. <laughs> I hate that guy. Oh my so gosh. he was really upset by it. Yeah, and he like was really like afraid to tell me about it. And he told me, and I just go, man, praise God. Praise God that there's some people there that like will actually say like the truth. Yeah. And I have no idea what I did to that person. Wow. I, I asked if he got her name or her license plates, you know, so I can egg her house. <laughs> um, but like, you know, it was just like, no, but I mean, honestly, like I, I would love to hear somebody just like lay into me, but then be careful what you wish for, because then that usually comes. I had that. Um, there was a woman who, when I first got to the parish, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of spacing right now. Oh, I know what it was. So 
it's it's done with now, so it's over. But on on Holy Thursday, I snuck a bunch of parishioners into my church to receive the Eucharist, and this was, of course, like total shutdown during, at your, at during your parish, my parish in LA. And I pretty much said we're going to take every precaution. So I'm I, I'm going to celebrate the Eucharist online. It's the feast of the Eucharist. It's Holy Thursday, and then anybody who wants to come, pull your car up, get out of it, walk in receive the Eucharist, go back to your car, get back in it, drive off. The next car pulls up, they get out. So there's n- you, you're never near anybody except me. I'm wearing a mask. I'm giving out the Eucharist. And um, anyway, I, I, I snuck people in. And when I put out that email, I got, I got one woman who, understandably, you know, just said, this is irresponsible, Father. You know, I don't think you should be doing this, um, which I totally understand that point of view. Um, but she said it, and I, and I, I wrote back, I was like, I, I, because I, I had the proper permissions, if you will, to do this, and I had made sure I had those, and so, so she said, you're being disobedient to the state, you're being disobedient to the church, and lays out this whole thing, and I just, I, after I explained myself, I just said, you know what, I want to thank you. Like, so many people in the church would go behind my back and gossip and not have yeah. all the information, not ask me about it. You wrote me an email and took the time to do that. And like, I respect you more now than I did before. And so many people think that if you, if you try to correct someone with constructive criticism or with some sort of like even Im- impassioned, like, I'm going to let you know what I think. And, and, and so many people think that that's going to turn people away from you. Right. But if it's, if it's a person who really wants to grow, they're going to they're gonna say, you know what, I, I, am, I am the victim of so much gossip. I love the fact that you actually just said it to my face and put it in a letter so I could read it. And I respect you so much more. You know, that's happened many times in my ministry, and I, I love it. So tell, tell your, be, be gentle, be obedient, be kind, be loving, but be truthful with anybody in authority or anybody in your life. See, I can say all that, but like... Um when this person said, like, you know, I hate him, whatever, I wasn't yeah, that's there. that's different. I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. Like, I wasn't actually reading that. I wasn't yep. actually hearing nope, that. I was right. hearing it secondhand, so it was kind of, like, filtered. Yeah. But, like, when somebody took us to task on the podcast, which you will you probably already heard two weeks ago, okay. um, you know, we didn't really hit the mark too well, you mm-hmm. know? So, like, I'm not saying, like, I'm so virtuous that, like, anybody can say anything. But, like, yeah. for some reason, that lady, like, saying... Oh, I hate that loser. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. I do too. So, but yeah, it was great. I mean, Olo texted and said, I'm coming through town. You know, can you have, you know, can you have, can you take me in? And uh, we're lucky that we have an easy rectory for him to zip in and zip out of. Um, you know, the guys are now at the companion's house too. Um, and then last time, I, I can't remember why I couldn't host you. I think... All my rooms were full, mm, yeah, uh, in the summer. Um, but um, but yeah, he's back. I came in, surprised my mom. That was amazing. Just was it like, like a military homecoming one where it she was. just, yeah. where she like you know cried and <laughs> like you know, and they're like, I'm coming home to the place that I call home. You know exactly. what I'm talking about? I do, dude. I literally every single time I watch those military homecomings, I just I start crying. Oh, I do too. There's there. I can't control. I literally one time I started one, and then I was like, I'm gonna watch this without crying. Like I'm gonna. I like I'm intending, and I'm strong enough. I'm gonna watch this. It's like I'm just powerless. Yeah, the tears just flow. It's like the dude's fried green tomatoes. You know, like women always <laughs> used to watch like fried green tomatoes whenever they wanted to cry or like yeah. beaches. 
you know? But, like, dudes just turn on, like, military homecomings, yeah. and it's just like, I want to have that experience. And I can tell you, I've been so selfish, but also so, you know, hashtag blessed, that I I surprised, like, 10 people on this trip already. That's fun. And it was. And it was, it was, it was really fun and really amazing. Do you have a soundtrack to it? Ooh. Um, Do you, like, play a song, and then they're just like, what? What is that? What is this song? And then you pop out of like a cupcake or something. I'm just I'm gonna steal. What's the, what's the Fleetwood Mac song we've had stuck in our head all day <laughs> from that video of the guy Dreams. on the skateboard? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. I want to do a video to that so bad. But it, there's also a part of me that's like I don't want to support the TikTok culture. Yeah. But I'm also just like that's that's legit. No, people would love that. The guy's name is Nathan too. So oh, is there is a part of me that well, has mad props. You gotta do it. So um. Anyways, but next time you come in, like, just start, like, cue the, cue the song and be like, I'm coming home to the place and I come home. And I'll just be like, oh, I love you. <laughs> but then, like, you get down that rabbit hole of, like, watching those YouTube videos, and then yep. it's like, military homecoming dogs. Oh, and yeah. it's like, yeah, that, that doesn't impress me. No. Me like, either. my Otis does that whenever I come home. And mm. I wasn't in freaking Afghanistan. Like, I was, like, just, like, coming home from, like, the St. Louis airport. And the reason why he's so excited is because I have I have beef jerky in my pocket. No, it is, you know, I, so I was thinking, one thing I've, I've learned to do on those videos, because I, I go down that rabbit hole as well, is that I look at the kids, and you look at the kids, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. They're, the daddy or mommy is coming home. But there's something, when I look at the spouses, usually the wife, yeah. and I'm like, the kids have like new, te- I could call them like new tears. The wives have old tears. Like they yeah. suffered through a lot. And right. so when you see them react to the surprise and it's, it's like yeah. they've been so strong and their whole life has been thrown up on his head and they've been like suffering through this entire time that their husband's been gone. He's yep. usually, you know, sometimes his wife, of course. But, and then all of a sudden you, you see the look on their face and I'm like, I love, I just want to give that experience to someone who's been suffering so much and, you know, have, has ridges of tears in the sides of their face because life's been so hard. And all of a sudden they, they get back the help, you know, that they, they get back the, the affirmation and the love and the affection that they've been missing for so long. Like, like the, even, even the kids, it's like the dogs, like the kids, that's great. But the spouse, that's, right. that's real powerful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so shout out to all our military men and women, yeah. um, to everyone who's and overseas. And to their spouses and who their are spouses. homes, you know, dealing with it, yeah. Yeah. So, like, this video is, this, you know, song, like, you know, it's just racing through your head right now, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait for that, wait for that joyful reunion. <laughs> so, uh, to, uh, the only one that I know right now that's deployed is uh, uh, podcast listeners, uh, Stephen Foodie. Mm. Um and uh, his wife Sarah, uh, I I text her um, on Signal. Signal's like the uh, what is it called? Like the uh, Scribble app. Oh, like they they can't track it. I'm too old. Oh, okay. What's it called? You know what I'm talking about? So like you you encrypted. Write. Oh, encrypted. Not Scribble. Oh, okay. Scribble's like different. Okay. Um, so <laughs> like uh, yeah, encrypted app. So uh, they use that you know for the you know their military family members who are overseas and i i texted her on it and she's like yeah it stinks oh oh it's yeah, hard yeah i'm like yeah i mean i i can't save you for that so yeah. um so anywho uh it wasn't like that actually it was kind of like that whenever i walked in tonight because i thought you were still going to be out with uh oh, Nepal yeah. and whatever else yeah 
Yeah. Which I was totally fine with. But I was like, I was like, Olo? Like, you're sitting at my table? <laughs> I love the fact that you had enough food where you just made me dinner. Like, it was just more than you had planned. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was planning on making dinner on Wednesday either way. Um, but uh, I realized that, that the uh, two-pack of pork tenderloins mm. from Costco is actually a four-pack. Oh. Um, but they're just smaller. Okay. Um, they're smaller tenderloins. So, anywho, but yeah, we had a we had a great moment. You know, like totally surprised, and I started crying. Oh wait, no, it was just like, <laughs> oh, you're here. You want a drink? I'm gonna start making pork. Yes, please. So, um, that's a great segue into uh, part of the reason why I I wanted to make dinner is because I want to live a more human life, um, and I want to live out of uh, the lessons that I learned from this book. The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Interesting. By Rosaria Butterfield. Never heard of it. Rosaria Butterfield is, uh, I think, from Illinois. She grew up all over the place. Um, Former Catholic. Okay. Turned uh, Uh lesbian. um, And eventually uh, married mother of, I don't know, four or five. They have a number of adopted children. Okay. um, And uh, married to a pastor. Amazing story. Okay. Um, kind of uh, a long uh, book of you know sifting through like Protestant theology, some good you know housekeeping tips like in in regards to like how do you exercise hospitality to your neighbors. I don't have neighbors really here. Yeah. Um, the geese. Uh, yeah, I mean it's kind of awkward. <laughs> like as 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 priests, like you can't really invest in your neighborhood like as much as you could mm-hmm. you know previously. But uh, she makes a great point about how uh, parishes, pastors, and uh, you know Christian communities actually provide a haven uh, for persons who are looking for community, and that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Um, I would give this book um, a thumbs up uh, with you know certain cautions. Like, I mean, obviously, like they're not they're, they're not trying to do Catholic theology, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's just some moments that I was like, yeah, I, I don't know, I'd, I'd probably have a different take. But um, overall, it was a it was a fascinating read. I, I learned a lot, and um, I want to grow in hospitality. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those like Amazon recommendations, which normally I'm just like, oh yeah, that sounds like an interesting book. I'll I'll add that to my wish list or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, it was the the title itself was really interesting and. The subtitle is uh, "Practicing Radically, Practicing Radically Ordinary Hospitality in Our Pro- Post-Christian World." Hmm. I was like, "Dude, I'd live that all the time." Freaking pork tenderloin for these losers. Amen. Um, so, um, I, you know, one of the letters that we received, as well as a number of the comments that have been kind of going around during the COVID reality, is that uh, when we close churches, we actually inhibit people from experiencing community. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And people need community, mm-hmm. and they don't just they they can't survive well without it. You know, we have everything right now. You can get Amazon Prime. You know, like I literally was at the donut. It's donut time. Hmm. It's it's at the actual name. It's donut time. Nice. Um, as soon as you walk in, it's you deserve a donut. It's like <laughs> yes, I do. Um, 
But um, I was there, and I was standing right next to a lady. We were marveling at this child who was uh, trying to simultaneously balance an enormous uh, chocolate long john as well as play with their uh, <laughs> caterpillar, like, uh, whatever truck, nice. uh, like, a, like a John Deere bulldozer or whatever. And I was like, dude, that guy, that kid's going to be an amazing, an amazing foreman or something. Uh, or, a, you know, a bulldozer driver. Um, and uh, the lady was there to pick up a Grubhub for a guy. Oh. The guy wanted two donuts and a coffee. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, dude, you can't even get out to go get two donuts and a coffee. Now, maybe the dude was handicapped. Yeah. Maybe the dude was, like, sick. Maybe he just, like... Maybe he was on quarantine, mandated quarantine or something. True, yeah. yeah. But, like, people can't even get out to get yeah. their donuts and coffee anymore. Yeah. So... I think there are a lot of people that are feeling the effects of the loss of friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've I've had some conversations with some people, and I'm like, how are things going at work? And it's like, I don't have the same joy that I had previously mm. um, working because yeah. I'm working in a different way. Yep. Like we're on different shifts, or they're trying to keep us, you know, yep. isolated, or we have to take our lunches separate. Um, so I think there's just a lot of ways in which people are feeling the nutritional deficit of the loss of communal life. Yeah. Like, it's like they have rickets or, you know, scurvy or whatever. If you don't have those nutritional elements like vitamin D or vitamin C, like you get these weird diseases, Mm -hmm. rickets and scurvy. And like the easy thing to do is like have a orange or Hmm. like, get in the sun yeah. or, you know, drink vitamin D milk or whatever. But, like, we are sick because we don't have any, we don't have any community. Normally people are like, I'm so sick of people. NPR today said that the, that the drug overdoses in our country are the highest ever. Yes. Ever drug overdoses. That doesn't surprise me it's one bit. It's an escape. It's a... It's an attempt to not feel the tension anymore. I mean, it's a million different things, of course. And there's, but there's no accountability. Like, yeah. I don't even know when the next time I'm going to see somebody is. Yeah, that's true. And I don't want to feel. And by the time, like, I get over this high, I hope that, you know, everything's better. And when it's not, it's like, shoot, I'm going to come off that high, and, and next time I want a bigger high. And how many, how many healthy, how many people hear from their therapist that a healthy escape or just call someone Go, you know, go right. hang out with someone, go, right. go bond with someone, like get a hug, you know, that, that, that's sometimes just like, that's what, that's the healthy escape. And we all know the unhealthy escapes. And right now, a lot of the healthy escapes are gone. And so people are looking for the unhealthy right. ones. Yeah. And even their therapist, they have to meet yeah. online. Yep. And for a lot of these people, they're like, it's not doing it for me. Yeah. Like I, I can't, I can't have conversations with people over Zoom. Yeah. Like at some point I stopped calling my family on Zoom. Hmm. We did it twice. It was fun the first time, lame the second time, and then the third time it was mentioned it's like, "No, I actually want to see you." Yeah. I actually want to spend some time with you. Yeah. Um we had a uh nursing home protest here in Colorado. I don't know oh, if you if you saw that. I did see that. You did? I did. In Greeley? Yeah. Uh, the, did you see that in California? I think somebody sent it to me. But yes, I did see that article about the wheelchairs and the signs. Yeah. And, yeah. People are saying, like, I'd rather die of loneliness than yeah. COVID. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather die than COVID than loneliness. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> right. Welcome to my world. Yeah. Yeah. So what's it been like in Cali? I mean, like, one of the most populated places, but, like, 
you know, I need to get out of my own head because I am so phlegmatic that I just kind of forget that COVID exists. I carry around a, a mask in my pocket and I go out. I mean, every restaurant and all churches are outside. We're not allowed to sing. We do. We're not allowed to sing. But 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 we cannot go inside. It's like you do sing. We do sing. But we're outside as well. But but so we're, we're outside. We have a nice big shrine and pergola that we use, and and it's great. Like I told you earlier, we've, we've tripled in size during COVID just because our property is so accessible, and the outside chapel is so big and shaded that it mm-hmm. just is very conducive. And like you know, shout out to Cowboy. Um, he comes Cowboy every, Mowbray. He comes every Sunday, sets up his DJ equipment. He ah. does his sound system, mics me up, mics the canders up, puts the speakers up, and so it's it's. Like he just runs the divine liturgy, but from a soundboard, you know, and make sure that everybody can hear everything. Is he dating anybody? Uh, I don't think so. Not that hey, he shared with one me. of the most one of the most eligible bachelors. Maybe he I brings mean, pretty girls quite regularly. He brought two of them this past Sunday. Shout out to the two girls, Jennifer and I forget the other one's name. Jennifer's been coming quite regularly, but I'm, I'm making this incredibly awkward. So <laughs> sorry, yeah, cowboy. you just made it off. <laughs> but um, anyway, so. Uh, Ain't nobody tell me nothing. But I, I, restaurants are outside. They've adapted very, very well. A lot of, they take up parking spaces. And so I put my mask in my back pocket and I go out and I live my normal life. I put the mask on when I walk into the restaurant. I sit down and eat, drink, walk out. And I have enough friends that are willing to visit in person that I'm pretty satisfied. Yeah. So, but, but I, but that's what I mean in my own head. I'm sure a lot of people in California are not that way at all. They don't have people that are willing to hang out. They don't mm-hmm. have, they're not, they're not willing to go out. They don't feel safe going out, whatever. So, um, but yeah, I'll, most of my, I have maybe two or three families in my parish that, that are, that are, are on voluntary lockdown and quarantine and have been the whole time. Sure, yeah. And I need to reach out to them more. Sorry guys, if you're listening, I need to be better about that. Um, well, I mean, I think that there's a lot of things that we're realizing, you know, during the time of COVID of like things that we want to get better at even outside of COVID. Yeah. But I, I would just want to note, like, there were a lot of people that were longing for community and fellowship mm-hmm. previous to yep. COVID. Yep. COVID is just kind of driving a lot of people who normally got everything that they would want from other means uh, back to the the ordinary means, like you know, family dinners, yeah. and, you know, conversations with friends, whatever. Um, but one thing I want to highlight is at um, at least a holy protection, I don't know what you're doing at the new church, mm-hmm. um, the proto-cathedral, um, uh, that they did, you did this at holy protection, that the, you actually have a, a fellowship event after divine liturgy. Mm-hmm. So what did that consist of? It it consisted of... of people bringing real food, home-cooked food, and and then just sharing with each other. And you're hanging out with people that are like-minded, the people that, that are, you're, you're not being persecuted or, or laughed at or mocked for your faith. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're finding other families that are open to life. You're finding people that are willing to sacrifice and drive a half an hour to go to church on Sunday morning. You're, 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 you're finding a, you're finding Christ, your fellow members of the body of Christ that are, that are gathered together and that are willing to suffer for each other and then expand that ex- Sunday experience throughout the week in babysitting and family gatherings. But yeah, it's that that was one of the things that many people said attract them to the parish was the the meal, the coffee social, the potluck, whatever it was after. And people would hang out for hours. Yeah, how long, I mean, how long did it go for? I would say 10, you know, 9.30, 10.30, 
people would leave about noon, you know, is when I'd finally leave. And so, so, you know, they, they'd hang out as long afterwards as we were in liturgy. And now people during COVID in LA, they will hang out for goodness, two to three hours after the Sunday, wow. after Sunday liturgy, because I don't know how often they get this social interaction, but they, I've noticed, and I, I kept on thinking, man, this is great. People are hanging out. And people said, well, they don't get this any other time, you know? The, 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 the community that they're meeting, even if they're kind of new to the parish, but they're they're soaking it up. They're loving it. And the kids are playing with chalk and, you know, eating popsicles and hanging out with each other and things like that. It's just they don't get that ordinarily. So they're, they're treasuring it. What, um, like, but after, what time did Divine Liturgy end? Uh, 11, 1045, 11. And then they hung out until? Until 1230. About an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's tough because, like, uh, the normal experience, I would say, for most Catholics is that you get the donut, yeah. you have, like, the chit-chat, whatever, yeah. and then you peace, you know? Yeah. And what I loved about Divine Liturgy, whether it was with, with you guys or the Russians, like, they were eating, like, yep. legit crock pot, yep. you know, like, one dude was passing around a bottle of vodka, yeah. like, it was sausages, I mean, it wasn't, like... You know, snickety snacks, right? Uh, and you know, Cheez-Its or whatever. It yeah. was like actual food, yeah. and the conversation tended to be more reflective of uh, the resurrection. Hmm. Like it wasn't like, "Hey, let's just talk about whatever." It was like, "Like let's talk about Christ hmm. and what's been going on in your life with Christ." Yeah. Um, and I wondered, like. Is that just is that abnormal, or is that like something that if you start it, people just grow accustomed to it? One thing I started doing in in LA was um, a lot of people drive a big distance, and we have evening liturgies because evening liturgies in LA have to be later because of traffic. So we have evening liturgies at seven thirty, so they're not over until almost nine. Yeah, and so it's late. So I will I'll I'll have a fire pit. I'll put it out in the shrine. We'll put chairs around it. And we'll light a fire, and I'll bring out alcohol, cigars, food, whatever people want, and and we'll we'll sit around the bonfire, and I'll just say, I'll ask, you know, okay, this is what the feast is, this is what the homily was about. Do you have any testimonies or experiences? And and at the first time, it was like crickets, like nothing. Yeah. And I I so I was like, well, I'll tell a couple stories. So I told a couple stories, and then the next time, maybe two people. The next time, maybe four people. And now they're kind of you can tell they come to church prepared. To discuss the feast at the pot at the at the uh, fire pit afterwards, yeah. yeah. And it it, it it it's it's you. I think it is you. The the priest or some authority has to kind of introduce and then be the first one to step up and do it, right? And then be very affirming when people share or mm-hmm. talk about it to encourage you. Yeah. So, uh, just getting back to this book, um, the gospel comes with the house key. Um, it was this. It was this passage that, in in particular, like I wanted to kind of reflect on today. Um, It's on page 110. Uh, She says, I pray as I prepare food, remembering how the Lord's Day was a special day of temptation for me when I was a new believer. You see, beyond its wholesome surface is a day of warfare in toto. Perhaps you have noticed this, but the Lord's Day is a terrible day of temptation and sin for many people. Without the moorings of worship, a vital church community, and meaningful fellowship, it is nearly impossible to actually honor the fourth commandment the commandment that reminds us to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. I think that's the third commandment for us. <laughs> for us. Um, how do we remember this? 
what we now call the Lord's Day, the best way to remember anything is to do it collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just say, like, my experience of the habit of Lord's Day, mm-hmm. like the way we do it uh, with the companions, um, we have created something different about Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday evening. It, it has a different quality. Mm-hmm. But when I'm away from it, I don't have that same experience. Yeah. It's very difficult. Um, there's a longing at first. There's kind of like, oh, I wonder what the guys are doing today. And sometimes you have to miss for whatever reason. Um, but uh, but if you do it repeatedly, at some point it's just like, oh, it's nice to have my Saturday back. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's like, what do I want to fill that time with? Yeah. Um, and I think the better reality is actually to allow others to guide you in the experience of mm. communal, not just worship, but communal fellowship. Yeah. And some people just don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I wouldn't say that I really am fairly adept at it, but it's great to see it done well. I think I might have shared this before, so I'm going to share it very briefly. But I, I told the story about the, the, the guy that was pretty much this young man in L.A. was living just a crazy life, hedonistic lifestyle. Some, the Spirit put something in his heart. He was Baptist, never baptized. Put the Spirit in his heart like, you need to get away from this and live holiness. So he literally Googled monastery. And I think he intended like to find a Buddhist monastery somewhere to kind of get away from the world. The first one that popped up was Holy Transfiguration <laughs> Ukrainian Monastery up in, in, in the Redwoods in California. Yeah. So he called and he just said, hey, can I come up there for a month and get away from the world? And the abbot just said, as long as you respect our lifestyle, you can stay for as long as you want. And the guy went up there, but they had very kind of specific boundaries. Like this is how what the life of a monk is. And, and so... You know, they, that, that kind of spoke to an authority and an order to, to the life of a, of a monastic life. And this man, within six months, was Catholic and tonsured a monk. Wow. And now he had been there another six months when I got there, as, and he had, he had only been a monk for six months. But he literally, he stepped into a place that was confident in the order of it, mm-hmm. and they knew that that, that that lifestyle was life-giving. And they trusted it. So they had said, anybody, come, and as long as you respect our lifestyle and, and, and kind of say, here's the boundaries of a healthy, ordered Christian life, and especially a life ordered towards monasticism and celibacy, then, then you will thrive. And this man came in having no foundation of this life at all, right. just desiring holiness, and he ended up now being touched among But I think the only way you can do that is not by reading a book. It's right. by seeing it lived incarnately yeah. and actually witnessing that. That's why I think the the image of you guys around that fire pit or mm. like the fellowship going on at, at Holy Protection back in the day yeah. um, was like, wow, like see how they love one another. Yeah. And it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says like in this book, like it's a terrible day of loneliness. Mm. And that, that sound, that the, the song that, you know, immediately comes to mind is Sunday Morning Coming Down by uh, Johnny Cash. Mm. You know, I woke up Sunday morning with a, with a, pain in my head I woke up Sunday morning with and the beer I had for breakfast wasn't bad so I had one more (laughs) for dessert Um, so he's talking about like like he has a pain in his head like he smoked at night then smoked himself the night before with cigarettes and the songs he'd been picking And then he starts walking through the day and he realizes that other people are enjoying life and he's not experiencing it himself. Mm. Um, 
like uh, he smells somebody's fried chicken and he hears like the the sound of of children playing and and uh, somebody teaching a Sunday school and he realizes how alone he is mm. and the bars are packed mm. on Sunday now. Wow, I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't, but that's very telling. But like, yeah, I just I when I when you drive past all these bars. They're doing brunch and Bloody Marys and, you know, mimosas or whatever because everybody's lonely. Yeah. And they don't have people. And there's a desire for them to live in fellowship with other persons. And it's kind of their way of saying, like, we don't need, we don't need what these other people have. Mm. But the truth is, like, they're, they're hungering for something yeah, more. That's interesting. Because I, I think... I mean, what is this seven? Seven is means covenant. I mean, the, the, there's this association in Hebrew and among among the Jewish foundation that seven means covenant. So it's literally since God rests on the seventh day, it, it is built into it is built into creation the covenant we have with God to have a day of rest. Now, of course, that has been become the first day, the eighth day for Christians, and Sunday has become the mm-hmm. beginning of the new creation. But there's still, it's still, that's still built into us when Christ rose. So there's something, whether you, since if, since we're all in the image and likeness of God, there's something built into our very being that sees Saturday and Sunday now, post-resurrection, as unique. And, and that, that, that seven-day cycle is built into us covenantially created by God to to have a day that is set apart and i and so the fact that the bars are full or you know the Johnny Cash song that there's something that that it, it's built like the the lone if if community life together is not lived out the opposite of that is the loneliness that becomes so much more stark on that day that that is meant for community and i what what she's pointing out which i think is really interesting is that that sin desires for us to remain apart mm. from everyone. Isolated, yeah. Isolated. She yep. actually says that. Sin demands isolation. While mm. community does not inoculate us against sin, godly community is a sweet balm of safety. It gives us a place and a season where we are safe with ourselves and safe with others. Mm. So we know a number of persons where it's like that you can tell that they're longing for something, yeah. and it's like, how do we invite them in? Yeah. And Sometimes inviting them into mass is insufficient because they have this really deep experience of communal prayer, communal worship, and then they're not known. Yeah. And they don't know others and others don't know them, so then they just walk away. Yeah. And then they're like, that was a foretaste of heaven and now I'm back in hell. Mm. And it's like, well, what if you could give people the opportunity to experience a taste of like the communal rev Revelry, 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 <laughs> revelry—the party aspect. Yeah, or? yeah, revelry. Like you're just having fun. Yeah. Now I did get into an argument with a certain priest who used to live here okay. uh, about whether or not we will need um, our sense of taste um, and other senses once we go to heaven, like. Because we're only, we're going to be seeing the beatific vision. Like, what are we, what are we going to care mm-hmm. about? All the rest. I'm like, what? Like, dude, beatific vision is like a huge part. Like, we are going to we are going to go to church and we are going to you know have fun and and there's going to be great preaching and singing and whatever. But like, we are eating, right? Like, 
Do you actually believe you're going to eat in heaven? I believe that there's going to be some sort of what 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 eating eat. We'll we'll look back and say our 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 banquets, our 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 family table. I'll put it that way, not the banquets. Our family table was a foreshadowing of what we have now. Right. In a yeah. very it, what we have now is was is the fulfillment of what the family table revealed. Yes, and and I would say like I think I've said this in the past. I think that your nutritional value is going to be perfectly uh, answered by the food that you eat. So your body will perfectly digest everything, and like you get to choose what your farts smell like. <laughs> like I would be like, dude, it's gonna like peppermint, peppermint swirl, you know? <laughs> like that's just like what, dude? That's that's, that's crazy. It's like. And then you run into somebody and it's like, you know, spearmint. It's like, oh, yeah, dude. But like, I, I just think you are going, it's going to be the perfect experience. But for people now, they get this foretaste of, of the liturgical moment of, of heaven. And then they like, it's like, okay, bye. Go in peace. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we can't do what we used to do yeah. In terms of the the fellowship, I mean, we we haven't been able to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't have a huge outdoor grotto, okay, and we don't live in California where it's like perfect weather all the time. Yeah, um, that helps. So, uh, but but I think I can tell that a lot of the people they're they're kind of lingering in such a way that they they would love the opportunity to be together, hmm. and we can't forget that it's not just that people can't go to mass; it's that people can't experience fraternal love. Yeah, yeah. That that is that is I think one of the greatest successes of the devil to use this pandemic and COVID is 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 to remove that from people's experiences. I mean, some people will say like masks objectively are are a, a symptom of that and kind of show separation and, and show illness. And I I I believe that to a certain extent, but there there's definitely something about. I mean, like, I had my two friends over. Shout out to, shout out to Jackie and Jenna, two of my new friends in L.A. And they came over. We had a wonderful conversation. Um, and then at the end, it was, it was really beautiful because one of them just said, after, like, this very powerful, deep conversation, one of them just said, you know, can I give you a hug if I put my mask on? And I'm like, yes. Like, of course. You know, that, that's, there was just something about... And I know we we shouldn't be hugging with masks on, and some people would say that. But there, there was something something about the the reality of that that human connection, even if we have this boundary of the masks up, that that was so missed and so lacking and yeah. so human. And I just want to say, come on Sunday, because I mean, I, honestly, shout out to my parish, the Proto Cathedral St. Mary. Like it feels normal again. Even though people, even though there are signs everywhere that say Don't wear masks, even though we have to wear masks all liturgy, but when the food comes out, people sit down, take them off like we're at a restaurant. I hand out popsicles and people hang out for hours and it, it just feels, it feels human. I mean, you're, you're, you're reminding me, Father Nathan, of just why I need to make sure to continue to empower that aspect oh, of huge. parish life. For sure. I mean, our, our burrito sales was like through the roof. Hmm. But I, I think even more so, people want to be able to sit with each other exactly. and share like that moment yeah. with one another. I yeah. mean, there are some people that are like, "Listen, we need to we need to skip Thanksgiving this year," mm. and I would just say like, 
there are a number of people that I think are in real peril if we continue to kind of force them to socially distance. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like that they are not going to experience the the life, the social life, and not just be like, you're ruining my life. Like yeah. I can't go to my see my friends. It's like, no, they they could quite possibly like die with a needle in their arm. Yeah. And we don't need to continue to push them to that degree. Like I mean, I uh I remember being at the homeless shelter in uh, Phoenix with the Missionaries of Charity, mm. and there was this dude that was, like, eating pancake after pancake after pancake. Like, dude probably had, like, 20 pancakes, mm. and I was like, sister, at what point, like, do you just, like, realize this guy is just addicted to food, and mm. I, I can't keep, you know, give it to him? Yeah. And she's like, he's trying to satisfy a hunger for loneliness, mm. and, like, at least you're present before him. You know, yeah. like, don't don't just ignore this guy because like he has a he has a issue. It's like, just be present. You know, dude wants a pancake. Give him a pancake. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's and I think it's also important to remember that we have like God created us with different temperaments, and so it's so easy. Oftentimes, when we look at somebody else, we expect that they think the same way we do, they have the same temperament, the same desires, the same fears we do. We don't understand that that I might be an introvert and I might be just fine being home alone, but there are people that aren't. The people that that, that, is, that is isolating and it leads to great sin and great evil and great temptation. And then we need to also understand that there are people that, that, that are more prone to illness and that are even, even fear, even fear of getting COVID, I think needs to be respected. And we tend to roll our eyes to people that are afraid and say, oh, they should get over it. It's like more, some people are, are fear is real. Like, like this is, brings great anxiety and it's actually more healthy for them to, for them to hole up in their house and, and, you know, to, to be completely separated because yeah. being out would cause such great anxiety. And we tend to think that everybody thinks the same way we do. And therefore, mm-hmm. if, if I hold myself up inside my house and didn't get out even to do social distancing dinners or whatever, like I would be, I'd be a coward or selfish, but that's not the case with everybody. So there is this understanding of, of different temperaments and personalities and fears and loves and joys and needs that, that is, I think this is a great time for us to to listen better, I'm sounding so hippie right now. Like to to listen better and to 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 understand that people think differently, etc., and and love them in that. You're in California, man. It just live in Northern California once, but it, leave before you get hard. It's live in here. Southern California yeah. once, but leave before you get soft. That's hilarious. Wear sunscreen. Is that a saying? Like yeah. Well, that's, didn't you ever hear that song back no. in the day? Copyright. We are, we are kind of soft in uh, Southern California. I would. I mean, I'm. I'm right there with you. Like, I think that there is a way in which people have hungers, thirsts, yeah, um, nakedness, yeah, prisons, yeah. and like we're actually called to go there. Yeah, we're actually called to share that with them. That's and a really good reference. And I would. And I would just say, like, there are some people that aren't going to be able to come out. So I would like to find ways to go to them. Yeah. Like I have a prisoner right now, Gigi. Gigi's not listening. But, like, I miss Gigi. Yeah. Gigi's the sucker lady. She gives uh, all the suckers to, like, the little kids. Mm. And she, I don't know where she gets all of them. She probably goes to the bank a lot. And, um, <laughs> and, and she just, you know, she just takes care of these other people. And she was faithful 
for so many years, hmm. and I haven't seen her in forever. And there has to be a way in which, like, for me to just be like, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you. I don't yeah. know where you are. Um, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how things are going for you, but, yeah. like, I've missed you. Um, and, you know, so shout out to Gigi. We all have those people. Yeah. We all know those people. And we got to find ways. We got to find ways to encounter them. I just want to find, end with this final paragraph. She says, um, because of Lord's Day uh, and your participation in it, you know, the fact that you've prepared for it. You know, mm-hmm. hospitality is not just something that just happens. Right. Like, you've got to make extra sacrifices for it. She's the one that makes the bread. She's mm-hmm. the one that makes the beans. Uh, she's the one that, you know, sets out the, the tables and, you know, like, gets everybody there. She says, know that someone has spared another spiral binge of pornography because he is instead playing Connect Four with you mm-hmm. or walking the dogs or jumping on the trampoline. Know that these small things that you may take for granted have have been the Lord's appointed way of escape for a brother or sister. Know that someone has spared the fear and darkness of depression because she is needed at your house, always on the Lord's day, the day she is never alone, but instead safely in community where her place at the table is needed and necessary and relied Mm -hmm. upon. And uh, I was very impressed, Hmm. very impressed. Like, uh, I was not shocked that Rosario was a former Catholic. Yeah. Um, she's converted. She's con- I mean, she is, she is a, uh, a Protestant disciple and she is certainly a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just very, very moved by that. Yeah. So, um, it was perfect because Ola was like, yeah, I kind of want to talk about community and COVID and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I have the perfect, perfect <laughs> quote. So, um, so yeah, shout out to Gigi. I'm trying to think of who else I've missed lately. Owen, uh, Owen Lamb. Uh, that dude is one of the funniest guys I've ever met. He has the best laugh. If I had a, if I had a like a talk show or whatever, like Conan O'Brien, I would probably make Owen Lamb. Like he'd have to be like forty years younger or whatever, but he'd be my Andy Richter because he like has a laugh like uh, what is that Huckleberry Hound or whatever, yeah. where it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to shout out uh, Ophelia and half the Samandra clan and the Fletus family and the others who uh, who also have not been able to return yet. So hope to uh, hope to see you all soon if all of this uh, blows over and, uh, yeah. and we can do this safely. Uh, yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of who else I'm missing right now. Uh, Megan and Rob. Uh, they came back once, but, you know, they've been gone for a while. Um, you know, some people, some people with kids, the McCairns, uh, and you know Pat McCarron died, uh, but you know um, John and Patrice, or Joe and Patrice. Uh, they, it's just like it's tough. Like some of these people are just stalwarts, and then all of a sudden they just blip. Yeah. Joe, Joe and Dorothy, Starsevich, it's crazy. Like uh, you just miss seeing these people at mass. But you know it is interesting because obviously those people are the ones I was talking about that that feel safer or more fulfilled in in waiting longer to come because of COVID. But I also think that there's something about how we can make sure that for those who might say, who might look forward to Sunday every single week, because that's where they know they belong and where they know they're going to have people to love on them. Like, Mm -hmm. how do we make sure that that Sunday experience, to quote the Amazing Parish, um, that Sunday experience is something where they're actually going to Fine, and I, it's it's interesting because parishes tend to tend to, you know, find their little niches, and people come and they they don't reach out, and you know that that 
that outcast, that single person that's coming that might be looking forward to it. And if they go one Sunday and nobody talks to them, that could destroy them for a week. You know, yeah. anyway, and specifics, but... Right. And so we got to pray for those people too. Yeah, you know, some absolutely. people, some, some others are like a little more easy to get out. Other people are more reticent. We got to keep them in our prayers. I always try to share, you know, the fruits of my Eucharistic communion with the, the people who are at home. And I had a, a parishioner of mine who said, I was at home, she couldn't come because she would she had tested positive for COVID. Mm. Later it was proved that it was she didn't have COVID. But she said, um, I felt I felt that I was included in that moment. Amen. Like and I actually felt Jesus. Amen. So um uh, I, I had a very non-socially distanced wedding uh, with a particular uh, a podcast listener uh, who gave us uh, a magazine, Spirit of Giving, Benedictine College, Ravens Will Rise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Father Matt, or Father, um, <laughs> Mr. Senor. <laughs> who is a father. Who is a father. Uh, Matt Tynan gave us some whiskey and these... Um, uh, these magazines to give a shout out to Kelly Vowles, class of 85, vice president for advancement. I think I met her at the Emma and uh, Reese Liker wedding, nice. uh, which was very non-socially distanced. We had a great time. Uh, dance floor was rocking. Uh, but Kelly um, has been listening to the podcast and uh, wanted to make sure that I got to see President Menace a la President Snow on the cover. And uh, shout out to all the Ravens. And we got, uh, so God bless Matt Tyne, and he gave us eight and sand blended bourbon whiskey that we are drinking as we speak. Uh, he also gave us some vodka, and he gave us four Benedictine mugs. President Menace mugs. President Menace mugs. Forward, always forward. Amen. 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 Brothers and sisters, we are at our time. It's time for you to get out of whatever uh, you know medium you are listening this to folding laundry driving uh falling asleep uh because uh, we gotta go to bed i want to do a couple just a couple another shout out real quick what? sorry i'm sorry um so just if you're listening i think this comes out afterwards but please pray for my new vicar my new assistant in the parish father nathan adams oh and please nice. pray for his wife Allie, and please pray for their five little girls who are moving from Cleveland to L.A. to be my parochial vicar. And I am so looking forward to this. Um, having an assistant in the parish and having a family there. As you know, the Byzantine Catholic Church, we have married priesthood. So, again, married, it's like mid-30s, I'm guessing, five kids ordained a year. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rock our parish for the better. That's I awesome. Announced, I just announced it on Sunday. Um, so please pray for them. They're, they're arriving, I think this comes out after the election, but they're arriving on the election day. Um, so your parish is on fire. Well, exactly. We are going to lock down the place when they get here and because uh, it's L.A. and you never know what's going to happen. Um, and then I want to also shout out uh, Chris Plants, who is a, uh, a young man who I've met recently in Denver, a good Catholic guy who uh, I know listens to this podcast and uh, has introduced me to a lot of amazing people in Los Angeles and a lot of good Catholic families that I've been able to meet and hang out with and many of them come to my parish now of who knows after the COVID is over but um, thank you Chris for making all those connections you're a great guy you know a lot of amazing amazing people and I'm going to do some shameless self-promotion and give a shout out to Zissa Natalia and uh, <laughs> my That's co-host true. on the What God Is Not podcast so. so in case you don't know Father Michael uh, left Catholic stuff moved to California 
Um, he hasn't been in rehab. He's doing fine. <laughs> um, and uh, so now he's uh, he's in California, and he started a new podcast called What God Is Not uh, with Sister Natalia, who is um, a Byzantine nun. Um, and um, so, yeah, they've been going strong. You guys are over 20 episodes now, right? Probably. I haven't looked yet, but yeah, yeah. that's we started June in June, June 1st. So, yeah. Sweet. Probably about that. Keep it up. Thank you. Anything else? No. God bless y'all. I've missed this. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. it's different. I mean, Sister Natalia is, is wonderful and that's my new life, but it, it's good to be back with the priest. She doesn't drink bourbon. Yeah, she doesn't drink bourbon. <laughs> drink bourbon. <laughs> that's true. She doesn't. It's all it's always it's only beer or wine for her to roll oh, well. we record. That's helpful. No bourbon. Um, but it's it's nice being back with another priest and uh and going talking about our life together as well. Amen. Cool. Having me. Catholic Stuff You Should Know, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Spotify, um, Smoke Signals, um, I don't know, Kmart app. I have absolutely no idea what all that means. <laughs> we download the podcast, but you can check it out. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Tender.